And welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. This is episode three. Armando Alvarez is here with Mike Quintana. And we have a special guest for you today as well. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, Mike. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the World Series. Yep. It's set. Those that didn't make the World Series, that's where I'm going to get a little bit fired up. <laughs> the New York Yankees being one of them. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other other topics, some 10U baseball. But I want to introduce our special guest for today. He was a um, standout high school player here in South Florida, also at uh, Barry University, and he also pitched in the minors. David Bernat, welcome to Diamond Dreams Up and In. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and be a part of your show. Yeah, no, th- th- thanks for being here. And, and Mike, before we start, I want to give some shout-outs because... We've had two episodes so far, and I want to say they've been successful. We're getting listeners. Yep, yep. I went to the St. Brendan Gala the other night, um, which you have girls at at St. Brendan Elementary. I have my son at St. Brendan Elementary, and a few people came up to me saying they heard the podcast and they they liked it a lot. Awesome. So uh, you know some some uh, some shout outs to to John David Marcel Pulido who listened to the show, my older cousin George, his daughter Kira, who's. 17 years old, heard the show and posted it on her Instagram. Awesome. Saying how proud she was of her big cousin. So, awesome. uh, so we're, we're spreading, we're, right? We're, 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 we're spreading everywhere. We're, we're spreading and we're, and we're, you know, we're locking in, you know, people that come in and be guests on Tuesday. I think Tuesday, November 22nd, we have Steven Suarez is going to be, is going to be here with us. And he wants to talk a lot about the, uh, the, the, the drop sizes and the bats and when the change, he wants to talk about when kids should start doing weights and he won't, he'd send us a whole, basically whole show. No, and that's going to be awesome, so gonna for, be awesome. for the kids and, that are um, playing. You know, we appreciate all the feedback, all the text, you know, everybody who's listening, downloading, and uh, we really appreciate the support. Yep. And look, it's um, it's no secret. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Yankees fan. Been a Yankees fan my whole life. My dad was a Yankee fan since he was in Cuba, and he said he would listen to it on, on the radio, and I grew up a big Don Mattingly fan. What the Yankees just did in the ALCS was a complete embarrassment they went up there against houston they're they're new arch rivals because you know i know boston is their arch rival the red sox and they always will be the astros have become number two we hate the astros and you know and i'll say it right now i'm cheering for the phillies but the yankees get to the alcs with aaron judge with this big lineup they did all these things throughout the season and they ate not 10 not 20 not 30 or 40, but 50 croquetas. And for those at home that oh, don't yeah, know that term. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big cake. That's a, that's a big cake. That's a big croqueta cake. <laughs> and we'll, we'll post know? about that cake later on. But for those that don't know, us Cubans call strikeouts croquetas. And the Yankees struck out 50 times in a four-game sweep. And Mike, and, and we'll, we'll all get our chance to talk now, but I want to go on, on like about another 30 to a minute of, of rent because – Yankee fans all love Brian Cashman because of what he did. You know, you go back, oh, Brian Cashman, we love the guy. You know, all these World Series, he he did the core four, he brought in all these cool free agents. Everything used to go well for Brian Cashman. Well, you know what? Brian Cashman has not been to the World Series since 2009. That's 13 years that the New York Yankees have not been to the World Series. Aaron Boone, another knucklehead because the decisions he made during the ALCS – Extremely questionable. And then, Mike, we'll, we'll, 
we'll talk about this some more as well, but to motivate his team to come back from 03, he shows the 2004 Yankees getting beat by the Red Sox in four straight games after going up 3 nothing. The old you, man... You, you can't forget, he also FaceTimed and he, Dave, David Ortiz. Exactly. He FaceTimed David Ortiz... <laughs> <laughs> Out of all people. I mean, you, you cannot make you cannot make this up. Old oh man Steinbrenner must guys, still be rolling in his grave. Rolling over in his grave right now. Listen, um, how long has it been since they've been to? You said how thirteen long? years, two thousand nine. And and how like so? Okay, so let, let's go back. First of all, I have a feeling Aaron Judge might be bye bye. Okay, I, I have I a know. feeling. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. The way his facial expressions were, nobody had his back, really. And we're really talking about, you know, Babe Ruth. This guy's Babe Ruth. <laughs> and, you know, he had a great season. But, again, Yankee fans, no sympathy. I get it. That's the culture. But do the Yankees need to turn the page? Absolutely. Did he, I didn't see Aaron Brune. You know, you had made this burnout once. I told me, oh, you didn't squeeze. The juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Dude, I don't see this guy squeezing. I don't see this guy squeezing. I don't see this guy trying. And another thing, uh, 50 strikeouts, dude, where's the contact? And, and, and I was having this conversation yesterday. It's not only the 50 strikeouts, it's, it's 150 swings and misses because <laughs> they're not even fouling balls off. No. It, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I think it's time to, to just – I don't know, man. I, you know, there's high taxes in New York. I don't know. The judge might be a guy. And let me tell you, let me tell you, last thing, and then I'll give it to you, David. Last thing, Bryce Harper's setting an example of getting an, of, of lighting and electrifying a city, man. You know, there's a lot of cities out there that need somebody like that. You got the Absolutely. Giants. The Dodgers are always, always in the mix. They didn't, you know. But, you know, he's electrifying, and, and, and I don't know if New York is only going to give you that if you're winning. And listen, Philadelphia hasn't been winning. They've been in the mix. They gave them the MVP, stuff like that. But he's their guy, you know. And so I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting, but I think the Yankees are done for a while. So yeah, and we'll, and, and we'll talk We'll talk Phillies and uh, and Astros. You know, I, I guess we, we had to talk about them, right? They're, they're in the World Series. <laughs> but, but we'll talk a little bit more Yankees with you, David, because – like Mike was saying, you know, yeah, Judge hit 063 in the series. It's terrible. But if you're an outsider and you're watching baseball for the first time and you see what the Yankees did, you're like, this is like one of the worst teams in, 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 in all of baseball. I mean, I'm talking about Josh Donaldson struck out multiple times in seven straight games in the postseason. Not since Daryl Strawberry, who had eight. So you're, you're talking about guys going up there and, and not doing anything. The only one I'll give props to, major props to, is Harrison Bader, who came in and he showed I that he's, he's yeah. worth keeping as a Yankee. Judge, I, 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 I disagree with you, Mike. I think he is going to sign with the Yankees, but the Yankees are going to have to make a commitment to build See, a nice team around them because th- this isn't it. But I think that there's a bigger problem with the Yankees, and that's leadership. They're lacking it. You had Chapman leave at postseason. What does that tell the locker room? Clown. Clown? <laughs> Absolute yeah. clown. But he, yeah. but he was an intricate part of yep. that organization, and he got him there. Yep. And he was a part of that organization to get there. All of a sudden, he walks out. Where's the leadership? When you have a whole team failing, I blame the leader. Yep. You're, you're talking about big leaders. They should be able to adapt, adjust, and overcome obstacles. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. But the leader is 
basically bringing the rival to the locker room and saying, hey, guys, they did it. Why can't we? What kind of leadership is that? What's, <laughs> what leadership style is that? I don't understand. And you're talking about a guy who was part of those teams and, and played against the Red Sox. And, he hit and one of the biggest home runs against the Red Sox the culture ever. And understands the Yankee culture. I don't see them through the enthusiasm. You know, I don't leadership. see any enthusiasm. Yeah, it I goes see, back know, to leadership. He's there in the dugout. He's leading. I, I just don't. I don't see him. You leading, have to find a way. Leading those horses. You have to find a way to mesh the personalities. You have to find a way to lead the team, not just coach the team, but lead the team. And I think that's what's missing there. Yeah, there you were, have the talent. There was a total lack the of. There was a total lack of leadership. I think the lack of um, the lack of confidence in his players as well, because we saw in one of the games against against the. Um, the Guardians, right, when he when he didn't pitch Clay Holmes, there was a big hoopla about it, right? There was a big controversy. And he's like, no, you know, we weren't going to pitch Holmes. And Holmes was like, I was ready to pitch. And then they asked Severino, and Severino's like, I was surprised. <laughs> so, obviously, there's a disconnect there. There's a there's not a communication uh, between manager and players there. And, and when a manager goes out and makes a decision like that that could cost you a series – that's that's an issue, Mike, and that's why I think you know first and foremost. I know I know we, I mentioned Cashman as well, and, and we'll talk about possible. Unless it's not Aaron Boone making those calls, man. But but I. But he's the fall guy. But he's the fall guy. He's the voice. They love the statistics. They love that nonsense. You know what I mean? No, Sam. But he he's the voice. He's there in the you, dugout. You can't blame analytics. No, really. no, no. If, if you were the Yankees, I mean, I think we're all we're all in 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 the consensus here. You know, we're all in agreement that Boone's got to go. You know, there's interesting names out there. In the last few days, I've seen Yankee fans talking about Don Mattingly, who was here with the, with the Marlins, and my favorite baseball player of all time. You, you're talking about David Cohn and Paul O'Neill, who are in the booth and have expressed interest to go into the dugout. You have Joe Espada, who's up for other manage, managerial jobs, who's also there. You got Joe Madden, who's, you know, the, the veteran who could come in there and, and, and shake things up. And you got Carlos Beltran, who was going to get his big shot with the Houston, the Houston Astros. Astros man. Hey, you were part of the whole cheating thing. You got to sit out. Everybody else got jobs. Everybody else got jobs. Bel Everybody Beltran's in the booth. You know? do, do you think it'll be Beltran? Do you think it'll be somebody else? In, in From the that little out? list that, that you gave me, I like Beltran because I think he's probably the youngest one. And, you know, I like, like these young guys that they've come in and been able to do stuff in Tampa Bay and some other places. It's just different. You know, you got a guy in there, and you know how there's David and, and, and Armando. You got a guys in there who have who did it for 20 years. It's a little different. You know what I mean? Um, not working for the Yankees, you know. But I think that Carlos Beltran, on that list you just gave for me, he's the guy. You know, I'm a, listen, I'm a big Bug Showalter fan, you know. I know it didn't go his way in the playoffs, but, you know, he did build them in the 90s. Yeah. But, but I, I think Madeline so. gets a shot. Mattingly might might get the shot, David, but, but you know, to to counter Mike's point about the young and, and you know, to talk about, you know, what you were talking about leadership, wouldn't a guy maybe like like Mattingly or like uh, Joe Madden that has done it before, that has been in these dugouts, that has managed teams be a better choice and maybe bring a young guy like a Beltran as your bench coach? I agree. I think Mattingly would be a great fit for the organization, especially since he was there as a player. Uh, he grew up there. He didn't win a World Series. They won the year after he left. Unfortunately. 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 <laughs> but I think this is his shot to get back there and, and get that ring that he's desiring. If he wants to go to New York, now's the time. The door's open. He's looking for a job. You know what I mean? And now's Th the time if he it. wants to go to New York. And this, this is, is it. it. This is the shot. And, 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 you know, funny funny side story about Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly is my favorite player of all time. 
So is Dan Marino. So is uh, Charles Barkley. What's really? the common element between those three guys? They didn't win. They didn't win. They never won a championship. So I blame myself. <laughs> but these guys, uh, Little Armando. Charles Barkley, up, huh? Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. The round mound of rebound. <laughs> All right. Love Charles Barkley. All right. And then, you know, then there's the topic of Brian Cashman, you know, who, who like we said, you know, he uh, he built the, the the nice team in in 2000, you know, in the, or, I mean, in the late 90s, early 2000s. But since then... <laughs> hey, let me let me do this again just so they could get the right. We're playing with this new equipment we have, right? We have some sound effects, but I was saving that for Brian Cashman because 13 years, like we said at the beginning of of of, of the of the podcast, David. And there's a big name out there. You want you want to talk about those 2004 right now that we're now that the Yankees are bringing out the 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 DVD, <laughs> you know they're they're soplando on the DVD, putting it in the player, putting it there. It's not even Blu-ray. I don't think Blu-ray was around yet, right? They hit play. The GM of those teams was Theo Epstein. Yep. Theo Epstein then goes to the Cubs and wins another title. Sure does. And he's now proven. he's working for MLB. He's proven. Talk about a guy who's right there waiting in the wings. Bye bye Cashman. Thank you for your service. We'll build you a plaque and put it in center field. In comes Theo Epstein. What do you think? I think he'd be a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the right guy for the organization to bring him back up to stardom, to perfection. And the Yankees have a history of winning championships. Let's bring, you know, they need to bring a championship uh, general manager to start uh, heading the organization in the right direction because right now they're, again, lacking leadership and it starts from the top. Big time. No, and and some people were mentioning, you know. Look what Dombrowski did with uh, the Phillies. Dombrowski's right a now, beast. Dombrowski's a beast, man. You know what I mean? He comes in and says, yeah, I'll GM you, but you got to open a checkbook. Yep. You know what I mean? And he and he he knows what pieces to put together, which is why he's such a winner. Four World Series with four different teams. That's, Im- that's impressive. And they've all given him the green light to build. Yep. Okay? Which is huge when the owner says, you know, you I mean, got the Marlins it. just didn't let him keep his players. <laughs> after right, but, exactly. But, exactly. hey, he, he built a championship yeah. team here. And, you know, one thing, one guy that people bring up, you know, they're bringing up Mattingly, going back to the Yankees, they bring up Jeter as well. But, but I think Jeter still, you know, he, one, he didn't really get like a fair shot to do things his way here. I feel like with, the, you know, with the checkbook and all that. So I still think if he's going to go back to the Yankees, I think he's going to have to go with the Theo Epstein and wait in the wings because I don't think Jeter could just go and take over the Yankees and, and build a team and, with, with without that experience. And, and playing and managing are two different things. So I think he needs to learn a little bit as well. He needs to get the experience from Theo uh, to learn the ropes, so to say. Because he was a great player. You can't knock him for that. But managing uh, a team and an organization is a little bit different than playing on an organization. Yeah, I, I agree 150% with you, David. And also, you know, I, I don't know if Jeter's in that zone yet. He know. might be, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard Let's transition. See. It's a hard transition. and But, um, you know, it didn't work out here. You know, they didn't open the checkbook here. So <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> let's well, we've see been, um, unfortunately for me, right, we've been talking about the the big loser and, and all this for for, for the uh, the entirety of the podcast so far. But now we got to talk about the winners, right? Oh, yeah. The Astros, we know, you know, they're, they're a good team, great pitching. You had uh, Justin Verlander come in. You had Framber Valdez come in as well and do his thing. Their, their bullpen was lights out. I don't know how much that was, the, the, the Yankees, you know, not being able to hit. But for a team that lost Carlos Correa, that, you know, 
lost some big pieces. They went through the turmoil. They went through with with the cheating and everything, and and they came back and and look where they're at. And they got they got there rather rather easily in the, this ALCS. I think they're the best team right now in baseball. Maybe not the hottest team, but the best team. I think the Phillies are hotter. I don't think long term the Phillies could beat them. But any, this is baseball. Anything can happen in a, in seven games. And I think that Houston overall has a much more sound team, uh, well-rounded. But, again, it's going to be an interesting series, and I really hope the Phillies come out on top, especially since the first base coach for the Phillies is a local guy from Miami, Paco Figueroa. Right. Nice. So the UM? The UM. Grew up in Flagami. With his twin brother, his Danny. Twin brother, Danny, yeah. They're, they're a great baseball players here from South Florida, so Let definitely rooting you, for the Phillies. You, you brought up an incident there about being hot and being good. You know what, and, I, and I've thought about this a lot in this last week, and I'm glad that it came up and wanted to talk about it, but you know, which, one's, which one's better? I was, I was about to what, ask you that. Which one's better? What matters like, more be, right now? You know, because I, I agree with David. The, the, the Houston Astros, you look at them, that bullpen. <laughs> They're nasty. <laughs> They're, it, it, it's tough. And then the Phillies come in, they creep right in, and then, man, they just catch on fire. You know what I mean? Like, which one... I pick hot like, over better. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm with you, hey, so we, it's going to be interesting. It's baseball. I'm, I'm, it's baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Lived it. We lived it down here. D- David's a Marlins fan. I mean, I think we all support yeah. our local team, right? 97 um, Marlins, wild card. 97 Marlins, wild card. 03 Marlins, wild card. You had yeah. to go through that series with, you know, the the play of the play with JT Snow, the Steve Bartman, but you get you get hot. You go to the World Series, and you beat the Yankees. Who, yeah. who wants it more? Yeah. Who wants it more? Yeah. And you have the Phillies, you know, playing playing their butts off, and and you have Mr. Clutch, Bryce Harper, go in there. I mean, talk about a kid who's been he, – he's the LeBron of baseball. And not in the sense of, like, that he's the – no, no. But at 13 years old, people already knew who Bryce Harper was. And then when he was in high school, there was footage of him hitting these massive home runs in BP over over in, in Nevada, I think, is where he was, right? Oh, he had to leave his – he didn't play his senior year in high school because he had to go to junior college because nobody pitched to him. He went to junior college at 30 home runs with a wooden bat as the, you know, Louisville Golden Cleats Player of the Year, whatever it was, and then it was the first pick of the draft. He's a phenom. The kid's a phenom, man. The kid's a beast. And, and not only that, but, you know, talk about being a beast in the moment, you know, which – Aaron Judge failed to do this postseason. Yeah. Aaron Judge had his year, and he didn't come and say, exclamation point, boom, here I am. That's no. the difference between a good player yeah, and a great player. absolutely. And Bryce Harper's come in. He had the MVP last year, had a strong year this year. They signed Castellano, signed some other pieces. But, man, that guy's just up at the right time every time. And it's electric. No, this team, this team, they, they picked it up when they had to. And it goes back to something that um, – that we were asking last week to uh, to David Espinoza, we were asking about the uh, the expanded playoffs. So, David, are you a fan? Because there's some people that are like, you know, the the old schoolers that they're like, no man, like there's maybe two teams too too many. And then some people say, hey, you know, it gives more people a shot at at the title. What do as, you think? As a baseball fan, watching playoff Major League Baseball is exciting. So I'm, I'm for it. I think it's great for for the league. I think it's great for baseball fans in general. Great for kids watching their favorite players on TV play exciting baseball because that's what that is. They have excitement. They have crucial plays determining games, and it highlights certain players uh, where typically they wouldn't get the, the the limelight because they don't play in big market uh, uh, teams. They don't they're, they're, you know they're not big market teams and they don't get the, the exposure that they would get during playoff baseball. And I think it's great for for Major League Baseball. And it gives us an opportunity to watch a few extra games. Yeah, and, and speaking of players who showcase it, it. it we got to see J-Rod 
in, in the playoffs, you know, when maybe we wouldn't have seen the Mariners in, in no. the playoffs because of the expansion. He's future. He's the future of the, of the league. He's the yeah. future that's face of the league. Time. That's yeah. a good that that's a good kid right there. Um, an, another team that's you know young, but they were lacking this year were, were the San Diego Padres, right? Um, David Espinosa last week was you know talking about the Padres, you know, from his scouting point of view that they have a bunch of sevens and eights, right? And and they they came out and I was like, wow, okay, you know, the first game maybe not so good, but then when they won, I was like, maybe they will take the series. But you know, the Phillies proved to be better. But talk about a team that's that's set up for the future because, you know, you look at their lineup when Tatis comes back and you, and, and you have, um, you have Soto, you also have, uh, you know, Manny Manny Manny. Machado, that team's set up to win for the next few years. If they maintain a rhythm, does Tatis in the lineup change the outcome of the series? I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think? You'd have to pitch differently to the players. You do. You do. I mean, it's one, one more start in in the lineup. He's a threat on the base. He's really good. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll have to see next year. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they get. Hopefully, he starts putting on sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, and and another thing we've been we we've been asking our our guests here at Diamond Dreams Miami up and in, is you know we talked about Judge. He had a you know very um, monumental and historic home run this year, number sixty two. He's number one in in the American League all time. David Bernard catches that ball, in the outfield. Are you giving it to Judge in exchange for a couple of bats, or are you selling it for a couple mil? I would say sell it. It's it's like winning the lottery. Are yep, you going to give absolutely. up the winning lottery ticket to somebody? Absolutely. You picked the right seat. <laughs> you, you purchased you the, the right what's, seat. What's funny is that we were talking about it the other the other day. We you know we had the we had the uh, the podcast, and then we we had uh, Diamond Dreams T ball T ball practice where where my son plays, and today they're they're going to have a scrimmage. I was there with Mike, you know, and where they're talking, and we're asking my my brother, my brother Albert, and our and our friend Bibi Perejrora, who's there, like, hey, what would you do? Oh, bro, sell it, sell it, sell it. Oh, bro, these kids that didn't sell sixty one, and all of a sudden one of your other coaches comes and goes, hey, that's my boy that didn't oh. sell the ball, <laughs> and I'm like, and we're like looking at this kid, like, oh man, Terry, your yeah. boy, he he, think, he yeah, messed yeah, up. I think that guy, I think that kid, you know, I mean, I, you know. I think in the long run, he finds himself in a bind. He's going to realize he messed up, but he gave it away pretty hey, quick. Unless Aaron Judge is showing up at you his know? house every day, best friends, and, or playing and, Call of Duty. And, and like I said, the I guy who know. got 62, I think he, I think he walked out with like 30 security. <laughs> security. Like I was like, nope. Yeah, he's like, no, see ya. Yeah, it's, I'd, it's, probably, I'd sell it to a guarantee. It's also sure. understanding like, you know, and I'm not going to say uh, a random kid catching a ball isn't going to understand this, right? The difference between two, three mil and, and not getting... Two or three mil. But the guy that caught 62 was like a venture capitalist. That guy understands what, what money is. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, I'm, I'm selling this ball. But, but David, you were a standout pitcher in, in high school here, here in Miami. You, you were at Gulliver and then finished off at South Miami, correct? That's correct. And then you got drafted right out of high school. You have an interesting story because this is the first time I've, I've heard of this. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard of the situations with, you know, a player getting drafted, not signing, and then going back and playing in, in, in the minors, kind of like J.D. Drew did back in the day, but your situation is is different. Yeah, so basically uh, I got drafted in the 26th round in the 2002 uh, amateur draft by the Seattle Mariners. Pedro Grifo drafted me. There you go. Hopefully gets the, yeah, hopefully gets the head coaching job here with the Marlins, local guy. That would be awesome. That would be nice to see. Um, I signed. I went off and I played uh, two seasons with the Mariners. Going into my third season, a spring training I get released 
Uh, during that time, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue playing or not. And I was able to find, my dad and I found a Division II rule that allowed me to go back, regain my eligibility as an amateur, and finish off the seasons, uh, two seasons that I had eligible uh, collegiately at Barry University, which I did. Uh, I couldn't have, I couldn't go back into the draft after that, but I did sign as a free agent with the Royals, where I had the unique opportunity to play Double uh, A baseball. No, that's um, that's an awesome story it's because cool, I, right? I remember looking at uh, at David's stats and I saw that gap and I'm like, there has to be a story here yeah. with with that gap. But but that's that's interesting to know because it's it's a loophole not not many people know about. No, and, and not only that, but you know, it it you kind of did the system backwards. You know what I mean? So when you went, how, how did it feel? Like you must have felt it, it like was, you it had was, an advantage coming from it was, you know the it was pro weird. ball to to college. You must have felt. You know it, I mean? it, it was weird. Um, I got drafted as a pitcher, but I didn't really pitch in high school. I was a shortstop. I was going to college as a shortstop. I learned how to pitch in the minor leagues and at Barry. Luckily, I had a great pitching coach at Barry, uh, Laz Gutierrez, who was with Boston. A great baseball guy, great mentor, great leader. Uh, he spoke a lot about the mental components of the game, which transitioned to life. Um, and if he's out here listening, I want to say thank you to him. Uh, he really had an impact in, in my playing, playing career. And, yeah, it was a little different. Uh, coming back, I learned a lot from him. And I, and I was fortunate to have a pitching coach like him uh, guide me and mentor me throughout, you know, my two or three years there at Barry. Oh, that's uh, that's always important. And, and you go back to, you know, having a leader, having somebody that's going to mold you as a – as a as a player, and, and that's something you know. Unfortunately, that's that's lacking. You know, and, and we've seen it all the way to the pros. But but you know that's that's what's cool when you have a, a coach like that. That's like un, unforgettable. And you know, many years from now, somebody might be here saying like, "Hey, I want to give props to Mike Quintana when I was over at Diamond Dreams." You know, it's it's the importance of having a, a coach who's a leader who's going to mold you into the player that you become. Yeah, this was 15 years ago, 2007. So I mean. It's, you know, the things he's taught me have stayed with me. Hey, you're able to years. teach now to Nick Absol and Tony. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he's got two boys in the academy. He's got a Tony who's our 6U shortstop, third batter, because uh, Beast nice. plays up also on the 7U. And then he's got uh, Nick that's our, our ace of our modified team, uh, infielder, you know, top of the lineup kids, doing great. And uh, so, he, you know, he, you can tell that, you know, David puts a lot of time in with him and he's very committed to practice schedule and – and um, the kids are doing great, and he's you know he's doing a great job with them. So thank you. Keep and, that going. And Mike, a, a good question that that we could ask David he says he you know he played played shortstop, so he knows what it is to go out and hit. He pitches well. The Otani factor that we were talking about, and how that could you know bring bring up kids from from now you know till till later on that might get to a certain point and say you know what I, I want to I still want to do both. Well, I think it depends on, on the person. Uh, very few people could do both. It takes a special type of athlete to be able to do it. It's just like hitting from both sides of the plate. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, I think that each individual person has to evaluate and assess themselves on where their future is as to you know where, where, where do they see the most growth because predictability is big, especially you know going to high school, college, pro ball. That's what scouts are looking for. That's what... Uh, Colleges are looking for predictability. Where are you now and where can you be in four years from now Correct. within my program? And that's something that you have to take into account. You know, I, I decided to go ahead and pitch because I had the opportunity and I wasn't sure if I was going to have an opportunity again to play pro, pro ball. I was one injury away from never having that opportunity again. And I 
took the leap of faith and, and I tried. Uh, most people never have that opportunity. I was very fortunate to do that. And, you know, I, I just think that it all depends on the person, the type of athlete, and where do you see yourself uh, in the near future? I always say that baseball is, to me, the hardest pro sport to make it in because it's it's so hard to make it to the majors. You know, how many how many players I played against, you guys played against. I mean, you both played played in the minor leagues. You know how hard it is to make it to the big show. There's only a certain number of spots. So a lot of people, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there. I'm not going to name them, but they they like other, other international sports, right? And they like to, you know, give a little little bit of uh, hey, of uh, hate to baseball. And I'm like, well, you know what? This is how hard it is to make it into baseball. Hey, how, um, you know, for the average Joe, because obviously Otani's a, a freak. You know, that kid's, you know, one in. He's a unicorn. One in, like yeah, we, said. we say he's a unicorn. <laughs> um, but, you know, for the average Joe, which is probably everybody else because he is a unicorn, it's got to be tough to keep up that type of elite in shapeness, the physical you know, conditioning, the mental you focus, you know, the pitching side, the defense side, the stealing. Yeah, the guy steals bases, guys. Yeah. The guy steals bases. The guy has you know, 40 homers. The guy judges 100. The guy shuts he's you amazing. down. He's amazing. He's amazing. So, you know, I don't know if I think he's made, boom, lightning struck. He was made for that role. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I thought, yeah, I asked David that last week. Oh, you know, what do you think? The scouts, are you guys going to go out and get two-way guys? And he's like, ah, oh, Otani's well, just a special Think about it. Guy, In the know? last 100 years, how many Otani's has there been? Babe Ruth? Yeah. Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth? That's, That's it. it. Two out Babe of Ruth? In the it. last 100 years? That's it. Yeah, Don Troca hit a little bit, you know? but it's not like he was doing uh, it every day. I mean, guys struggle enough to keep up being good as just a hitter or just a pitcher. Like, both, it's tough, man. And Mike, I, before know. before we wrap up, you had a big tournament over over the the weekend with Diamond Dreams. If you want to go ahead and talk yeah, about weekend, that, yeah, uh, this weekend we went with the, the ten U Athletics, the ones that play at Miami Youth Baseball. We went over to Samford, uh, Florida, to play in the perfect game of uh, Fall World Series. Uh, Sixteen teams, uh, four brackets of four, uh, and the top two advance. On uh, Friday night, we played the Sarasota Shock. We lost eight six. Uh, it's a game you, we could have won. Um, and Saturday morning we had an 8 a.m. game against the Ohio Hitman. We won 12-5 there. That was a good game. And then uh, we unfortunately we didn't make the bracket. <laughs> that loss in the first game put us at a head-to-head tie, at a head-to-head uh, tiebreaker. And unfortunately we didn't get the head-to-head. But um, we played a Sunday four o'clock game against FTB Mizuno, and we lost 15-13. Uh, we we gave up 13 in the top of the first. Wow. <laughs> that other team put it on us. You know, it wasn't errors. You know, our, I went through three pitchers in the first. You know, our pitchers were throwing strikes, and these guys were just just raking. But, you know, shout out to the kids. They stayed they stayed with it. It was getaway day. They put a, put up a couple in the first, put up a couple in the second, had a huge, like, nine-run third. And, um, you know, we, we, had, we had a good experience. We went one and two, but... You know, we're in both games, lost by two runs. So we competed. We didn't get knocked out. We didn't knock anybody out. So it was a good experience. Great for the kids. And it'll make them better, hopefully, on their way back. So, No, absolutely. And, and look, like, you know, it, it it's hard. It's hard to, like, you know, once you go out and you play all these, like, big teams from, from around the country, it's hard. But kudos to, you, to your boys. I mean, you know, go, going down by 13 runs in the first inning, a lot of teams <laughs> just quit. Coming it back was, uh, and only tough. losing by two. It was tough. Yeah, I had never, you know, and 
it's very humbling because every you know I've been coaching for a long time and 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 David so have you and Amanda so have you and you you're constantly seeing things that have never happened to you before. So dude, we're getting beat up. Like I didn't have there's nothing we can do. We're we're putting new pitchers in. Man, they were pounding the zone. Boom, boom, but it was like bottle, <laughs> bottle, 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 bottle. It wasn't walks, wasn't hit by pitchers. They just came out and they raked. You know, they what were I mean? and then Little by little, they stuck in it. You know, we had a real big tournament. Um, you know, Abraham in the second game was four for four with, I think, uh, seven RBIs. At that time, we had 16 RBIs total. Nine were his. Um, you know, all of our kids, you know, I think as a team, we hit 404. Justin had a great tournament. Uh, Peter got some big hits for us. And all the guys did well. You know, I'm super proud of all of them. Uh, Diego had a huge tournament. Went from being like eighth in the lineup to fourth. He had like 500. He got hot. Everything he threw me hit. But it was good. Super excited. Hopefully we can do it again soon, and uh, it's an improvement from the first time. So, Yeah, no, and um, th there's going to be many more, and they're going to improve, and they're, they're going to bring some trophies home. I hope so, absolutely. Pretty confident about that. But, David, we want to thank you for being here on Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it was a good, good talk. Hopefully, you know, next time we talk, we're, we're talking some positive Yankee <laughs> Yankee news, you know, like that they fired Brian Cashman and that they fired Aaron Boone. They brought in some new blood. So, uh, but and Mike, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get some changes, right? Oh yeah, hopefully we get some changes real quick. Dolphins won. Tua was back in there. Dolphins won. They got the Dolphins W, won. right? They got the Wasn't W. Wasn't pretty. Uh, I think the they Heat won. are what? The Heat are struggling a little bit right one, now. One or? and three. One and three. One and three. All right, yeah. we'll get it going. We'll get it going. Bring it up. Bring and, it. Yeah. and the Marlins are this close to hiring yeah. the manager. Let's see who they who they Hopefully bring it's in. Hopefully it's a local guy. Oh, yeah. Good luck to all the Diamond Dreams T-ball teams this weekend. You got game 10 on Saturday. You got your playoffs on Sunday. Uh, wishing you guys luck in the first round. Yep. Best of luck to the kids. And this has been Diamond Dreams Miami up and in.